It's time for another great adventure on the one, the only, the Bantaril! No, your ears aren't broken. It's just my annoying voice. <laughs> Welcome back to the banter. We've had a break for a while, guys. Uh, it's been two, maybe three weeks now, but we're back. Episode 14. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw uh, you guys in the deep end. <laughs> First off, I'll introduce you. Ben Cannon. Josh Liston. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, bit of sad news this week. We lost uh, pretty much the godfather of science fiction, TV, film... Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. It's pretty long and prosperous. Yeah. Um, you guys, you obviously have watched all the Star Trek films and TV series. How do you guys feel about it? Well, I mean, I guess that's not technically true. I mean, coming from a bit of an outside perspective, I've I never really got into the Star Trek series. Really? Um, I watched a lot of the movies, though. Yeah. I remember seeing them when I was a kid. I actually went and saw Nemesis in the cinema before I could even grasp that Star Trek was as big as it was. Um but yeah, I, not that I didn't get huge into the series, but yeah, he was. I mean, Nimmo was huge. I mean, I can certainly appreciate the, the impact that he had, and yeah, the like what he meant to, to everybody. So it was yeah, a huge loss, even even though I wasn't a huge fan of the series. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hey, you, Josh. I I definitely was sad to see him go. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not the type of person that claims to be hyper-emotional on the internet about people I don't know personally. Yeah. But, I mean, he was the figurehead of a lot of episodes that sucked if he wasn't in mm-hmm. those yeah. particular episodes or movies. He was the one solid, I mean, just the way he portrayed that character and the quality of his acting kind yeah. of held up Star Trek through some bumpy patches. So I don't know if it would have continued in all the forms it did if it wasn't for him. That's a pretty good point. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a big loss, yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, but my first interpretation was from The Simpsons as a kid. When yeah. The monorail. Yeah. Um, that was my first um, in- introduction to him. And I think that was where it progressed on. It was like, oh, he's in Star Trek and just started watching it from there. And I was like, yeah, this is actually really cool. And that's how it progressed for me personally. Cool. But yeah, it was, you know, 83. I think he's, he was a smoker. So and there was a couple of tweets that he put up saying yeah. he wished he'd never smoked. When he was younger, it's, it's sad to see. But I think yeah. one of his last tweets ended in um, LLAP, like Live Long and Prosper. Really? Yeah, it was a pretty cool... I've got a feeling that he signed every tweet he ever did with that. Oh, really? That's I awesome. Think that I don't think he joined Twitter till a long time after. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just rumours, but yeah, mm. yeah, definitely that last tweet has... Wow, so he signed yeah. off with it. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of eerie. You can tell that he was an important figure in film and TV because he wasn't, or he hasn't been yet put through that spin cycle mm-hmm. of yeah. all the blogs and all the nerd blogs and all that stuff. Yeah. They've been treating him with a lot of reverence. Yeah. Which I respect, yeah. 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 So. Oh, let him yeah. live long and prosperous. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. It's the, I was going to say Wachowski brothers, but they're not brothers anymore. Um, I've heard it there's Wachowskis brother. and Wachowski siblings. Siblings, and, yeah. yeah. We'll go along with siblings. Right. But uh, they're, what's it, fourth now? Fourth film? Uh, Have they only done four? Four? Well, I guess you include this Matrix as three films. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, they've done a few now. Um, Speed Racer, they produced V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah. Um, Cloud Atlantis, and now this film. 
Cloud Atlas. Cloud Although, Cloud. that sounds like a really cool movie. I would watch Cloud Atlas. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, start, we'll start writing something. <laughs> um, what were your guys' first reactions? Do you want to go first? or <laughs> Someone give me something. Yeah, I guess I can go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. My first reaction was, I guess, I wasn't sure how today's show went because obviously this is my first time I've been on with these yeah. boys, so I've got some random notes about specific things. But yeah. overall, I thought that the overarching storyline was super interesting mm-hmm. and potentially very rich, but there was no suspense. Yeah. Even in the most – the visuals in the movie were incredible. It's one of the most consistently visual movies mm-hmm. I've seen where it's not like it hasn't been like those big Marvel movies or other modern sci-fis where you kind of get lost in the action and you can't yeah. tell because it's a blur of special effects. Yeah, the visuals are great, and I guess we'll talk more about what the biggest storyline was. I thought mm-hmm. that could have been potentially incredible, but yeah. the interplay between the main characters and – the lack of suspense compared to, I guess, the movies that I grew up with in yeah. the eighties, you know, Predators and Terminators, and movies where you can rewatch them a bunch of times and still feel like maybe the antagonist is going to win. Yeah, I never felt quite like that in this movie. I so, wasn't yeah. on the edge of my seat. I was well and no. truly reclined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were sitting away from us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you have legs up when you're watching it. <laughs> Overall. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I thought it looked amazing, and the the established, I guess, universe that they had, just to the way that the the, the races interact, and the fact that they had like a, a universal police force, and all, all the way that they have that they've painted that was really cool. But I just cringed and felt really bad every time Channing Tatum and Malakunas were on the screen. Just, really? Yeah. The, their whole their interaction and, and the storyline that they had, I just didn't didn't like it. Maybe maybe I went in expecting something a bit different, but it just felt re- pretty generic. Like, yep, poor little old girl. She's not very important. She wants something amazing, and and then then the the bad boy comes in and sweeps off her feet, and and she gets to be queen of the universe and stuff. It just seemed a bit, yeah. you know, mm. boy meets girl. They live happily ever after. I wanted something a bit, I don't know, yeah, like like you said, a bit more thrilling, a bit more suspenseful than just a, but you have to admit, a fairy tale. The, the action scenes mechanically should have been thrilling, mm-hmm. but I think it was just a disinterest in the main characters. Yeah. Like, I know I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here, but my feelings were I was much more interested in the Abrasics family who were the main, I guess, antagonists. I thought I was more interested, yep. to be honest, in seeing their storylines play out. Okay. to play between yeah. them, which I guess we, we'll talk more about mm. what was going on with their family. I found myself not really caring through most of the movie whether particularly Channing Tatum's character had any impact on the story. Yeah. Mm. I thought he was just so-so. But. Mm. Yeah. My personally, my my um, first notion of going to this movie, I was worried. I was concerned. This is like, I'm not going to enjoy this movie, probably because of the feedback that it had gotten from Hollywood, from uh, the fact that it had been pushed back um, from its release. Uh, it was supposed to release last year. It went back, you know, it was eight months to this year. So that's a concern me in the sense of like, well, it's been pushed back for a reason. Yeah. Why are these reasons and why, you know, why isn't it? There are people who are calling it the make or break movie of Hollywood, like because of the original idea that it was supposedly meant to be. So I was concerned going into that. But obviously I'll dive into that more as we go through each, um, each part of the film. <clears throat> we'll start off with the plot. 
Uh, it's your typical. Um, it it very much felt like this is not having a shot at them, but it was very much Luke Skywalker, Star Wars style, where she's a you know a cleaner. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, feel sorry for me. I've woe is me, poor me. Yeah. yeah. And I just felt like it was kind of a cliche introduction to Melina Kunis's character. Yeah. Uh, Jupiter. There you go. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was interesting with the mother and father love story. Yeah. That was cool. I, I enjoyed that. You felt, um, you felt the connection there. And when the incident went down and her father was shot, you know, you felt for, yeah. speaking of which that was Jarvis from Agent Carter as well. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. I thought I read yeah, the reflection yeah. in his voice seemed familiar, but... Yeah. Um, I certainly felt I, the the connection there. I mean, having a, a child of my own and seeing, like, just the whole mother, father, and then baby, like, even unborn, mm-hmm. but having all that destroyed. Yep. That was certainly powerful. And at that point, I was hopeful for, you know, this is gripping, I guess. Yep. But then it kind of went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Um... I just, yeah, it, it kind of felt like the plot first part of the f- first act was kind of clunky in the sense it didn't really smooth into no. it very well. You got this one story going on and then bam, Chatham Tatum's character is on earth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not really explained why, what he's doing and the ins- insinuation of what he is there for. Yeah. It just really took its time to span that story out when other things could have been really developing quicker. And I think that become felt like that's because of the, the huge universe that we mentioned earlier, <coughs> that that's, it, it's so big for them to try and explain and cram it all in in the first 20 minutes kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like they, they left a lot for us to interpret, I guess, or to find out later on in the movie. I think they may have done that on purpose because there's just not enough time to mm-hmm. yeah get through all that. I guess my only issue with the first part of the movie is maybe more, <clears throat> pardon me, a kind of retroactive attribution to the film, and that's she's clearly an incredibly beautiful woman who has two genius parents. And obviously there was some tragedy, but there was a long time, and she was in America. Yep. And she, well, later in the movie she goes into space and doesn't seem particularly overwhelmed by it. I'm just wondering why that same character that was not capable of getting herself out of cleaning toilets yeah. for her family was so capable of handling being thrown into royalty in space. Yeah. I guess that was – I thought that while the start of the movie was happening, I really enjoyed it. Mm. And I thought maybe there could have been a little bit more build-up mm-hmm. to what happened with her father and her mother and all that sort of stuff. But then I was just – I know. It seemed like it was a bit inconsistent what her character just became very quickly from what she clearly was at the start. Well, He's kind of an underachiever, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can imagine all of our reactions. We didn't say, like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on here? Before I crawl up in a fetal position. <laughs> yeah. I'd be slightly more overwhelmed, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be bouncing around for joy. Yeah. And I think you can come back and say that it was her destiny and she was supposed to do all that, so that's why it was so easy. But that's another thing that I hate about it. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole... That it was... She just fell into place too easily. Mm-hmm. It seems like a bit of yeah. a... Just a, a bit of a wimp out, storytelling-wise. Yeah, I didn't mean to jump us forward too much there in, in no, the story, I mean, but I, that was something in retrospect. Yeah. I seemed a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. She didn't even have, like, little things that would maybe have informed that character more, like maybe she wasn't quite as coordinated as she looked like she was, mm-hmm. or she was, you know, dropping stuff, or she just seemed like she wanted to be a little rich girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's something that frustrated me about the actual – well, more or less the second part of the story was that they didn't really explain, like, 
Yes, she looks like the mother of the I can't the remember Brassics the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brassics. and that's all well and good, but why? Like I felt they didn't explain it enough and go into the detail of like pretty much the circle of life that which they were pretty much referencing. Yeah, like how did it all come around? Why is it now? It, it just felt like that was over. Do you think we maybe can talk about the Abrasics? That might give a bit more context. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they certainly assumed that, that like they kind of treated it like expected knowledge. Yeah, so they, they. I think they they touched on a few things very briefly. Like they they mentioned the whole reincarnation aspect of it, and the fact that the Abrasics family is. I think they they touched on that they were human. They had just simply advanced technologically to to live for as long as they have. Like they're. They talk about being thousands of years old. I think the matriarch was 90,000 90, yeah. years old. Yeah, well, yeah. The, yeah, the one who Malakuna's character is reincarnating, yeah. I think they said like yeah. 90 millennia, yeah. So essentially from memory, the story, the human race was seeded on another planet yep. in another mm-hmm. galaxy and or other part of the universe. And I, don't, I think they might have said that they first came to Earth during the period of the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. But they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they seeded the human race about 100,000 years ago. And I guess the the first part of the movie is kind of building up to the point that the Abrasics family are like, well, they're universal royalty. But yeah. from what I could gather, there was more than just their family that are in the trade of humans. And, yeah, I guess, how do you guys feel when they started talking about the harvest? Because that was a little bit of a, I think, every single sci-fi nerd has thought in the back of their mind, I wonder what if the human race was actually put here by another race, yeah, yeah. seeded by an alien race. Just to watch his own. Are we just here as a resource? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was. A, I don't know. I found that moment a bit more hard hitting, which is yeah, yeah. It's very morbid when you think about it. Like, yeah. do you think, oh, we're just guinea pigs in their race? Yeah. To for their survival. Yeah, exactly. I thought the concept was really cool. Like the just the thoughts of if humanity lives that long and they become that old and they're still alive, what what's the point? Mm-hmm. And they touched on how that the most valuable resource is time. Yeah, and the way that they more time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like living longer and living longer and living longer, and just for everything else, like to, to treat planets so like just insignificantly is you know we'll just seed life here, they'll grow up and we'll harvest them. Like it's an entire species worth of like growing and, and changing just to be consumed. It, Do you think that's a stab at the fact of what? Human, our human race is like how we constantly are harvesting everything oh, that we've yeah. got and we keep polluting and I thought that they were pretty blunt at times yeah, with the whole whatever political message stuff. Are, yeah, whatever yeah. they were trying to send the consumerism yeah. side of it I wonder if these go like they're both vegans and really conservative in the sense well, I, I, there were elements of that in um, Cloud Atlas where there were um, uh, where the, the servant kind of cast like the people that are serving the food and they're doing all those jobs they were essentially uh, expendable like they were just created used and then recycled yeah destroyed and then made into new ones like it's the whole they, they stabbed at consumerism there again yeah one thing I really did like about I guess I just quickly wrote down the Abrasics family. Mm-hmm. There's three primaries who I guess are the heirs of whoever this matriarch was, who, yeah. to be honest, I was more interested in knowing about her than any other character. Yeah. But we didn't find out much about her in the end. There's, I'm going to probably mispronounce these, but there's Balen, who is the oldest and the first primary. Yeah. Turned out he was to be, the creepiest dude. He turned out to be a pretty good bad guy. Yeah. Considering. Yeah. There was his youngest brother, Titus. When I say youngest, I was, I was thinking them. Multiple millennia old. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's Kalik, who 
I thought was going to be a more important character. She was the second primary and the sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, she didn't really come back after no, they introduced They set up her. a few yeah. things, I thought, in this movie that didn't really come. It's like they were making a movie assuming they'd have more time to tell the story in the future. Yeah. And she was definitely part of that. Well, especially since news was released that Cloud Atlas has a four-hour cut or something like that, I think they definitely have a penchant for creating very big movies. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the thing that lets them down is their stories are so involved and they're so yeah. in, yeah. in take and they want it to be every little niche to be right. Maybe yeah. that's what their downfall is in the actual final cut is they've got to take some of the most important parts to their storytelling out of it, which creates confusion in the viewers' minds, like, yeah. well, you're missing it. It feels like you're missing a bit. Where is this yeah. story to do it? So, yeah. Yeah. possibly that's the reason why that... One thing I did think they did well with the Abrasics family was there's a few scenes where I thought, oh, here we go, it's the expositional scene. The family are just going to tell Jupiter because they considered her royalty because mm-hmm. I don't know if we touched on that particular fact, but it comes to light that basically Jupiter is the reincarnation yeah. of their mother who is the head of this entire universal family. And if that is true, then she's the heir to everything that yeah, these three are Did wanting. the mother, I can't remember if they gave a name for their mother, but she wrote into the will that if there was ever a recurrence of her genetics, that, that superseded their claim, I yeah. guess. Yeah. 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 One thing I really loved that they did was there was these expositional scenes, but there was parts of it where, particularly Belen, I found that he wouldn't finish explaining himself because it was just so expected that he would understand that humans are worthless. Yeah, yeah. Like he didn't need to explain why they do a harvest and they didn't need to even need to explain how, the technology behind it. Like most sci-fi movies you would get an idea as to what are they doing with the people. Yeah. They didn't even bother because just it just seemed like such a sideline detail that oh, she just has to get it. That's just natural for us. Yeah. We're yeah. the royals and everyone else dies. And I think at the start the, when they were walking through the planet which had obviously just been harvest, harvested, um, with all the like the, the blue dust lying everywhere, they were just strolling through what is essentially a graveyard and they were just speaking about it so cavalierly. Like I think one of the um one of the sisters said that I'm told they feel no pain or something like that. Like they just they just don't care or they've been lied to for so long that it's just become the way of their life. They're just used to it. Yeah. One thing I did find interesting about the family was that they did briefly mention upon that they're not the most highest highest powerful family Oh, really? In the universe, there was others out there who were challenging, them. Yeah, yeah, superseding them in what they do. So that was something else that wasn't touched upon. Is there a more elaborate story going on that their struggle for survival in the rich and powerful is the same again? Yeah, well, I mean, you'd have to think that the Abrasic family isn't alone in the entire universe. It can't just be them. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I guess it would make sense that there are more out there. Mm. Now there are henchmen. I felt were very. Super Mario Cooper Troopers <laughs> <laughs> watch, I'm, 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 watch, I'm like this feels very familiar to my childhood yep this, this, this is the Cooper Troopers from the Turtles movie and uh, Turtles movie the uh, Mario movie from the 90s little that cross with gargoyles yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a little bit more medieval than sci-fi it didn't quite fit the they seemed a bit comical I mean you could tell that what they wanted when they were explaining and showing alien tech and alien species, it was very specific. Like, they were mostly human with maybe a bit of technology attached to their body or a bit of wiring that you could see, maybe different haircuts or mm. slightly different facial features. I think one of the the hunters that came to Earth had feathers on his head and his beard instead of actual hair. Yeah. But then these dinosaurs with wings pop out of nowhere. That seemed a bit off. Uh, there was spliced 
Well, I think that's the splice one yeah. was a very cool thing. I th- I really enjoy the whole splicing um, story that they had going because it's more military based yeah. um, people who had the splicing. Yeah. It was one of the guys in the ship was an elephant, like they had a trunk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the horns. <laughs> but you've also got Chatham Tatum's uh, wolf. Yes. Yeah, and you've got Sean Bean's bee. Yeah. So it was those kind of elements that were really cool. But, like, once again, they were touched upon, but wasn't really explained. Yeah. And then there was outright just alien aliens, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're assuming, yeah, yeah. Flying lizard creatures. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, the surgeons at the yeah, they utility were, ward. I, I liked that. That was one thing that I really liked, the whole... And I think it's because I've been watching a bit of X-Files lately and, and things like that, but I like how they, they treat real-world conspiracies and suspicions... And they kind of feed that into the movie. Like the aliens were essentially little greys. Like yep. they, they disappeared from view. They like tracked a beam and hovered people out and, and things like that. Like I like it how they try and link it to, to real world mm-hmm. thoughts and myths, I guess. Even destroying a building was nothing to them. Really. Yeah. They just fix it with Wipe their one's mind their, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It did seem like that whole house of a brassics. <laughs> were utilising their technology kind of as a smokescreen the whole time mm-hmm. because there was a part of me that was thinking that, particularly the Balloon's character, because he just had this eerie vibe the whole time, yeah, yeah. has that evolution of his, because he's coming, I guess, from a lineage which is much, much older than the humans on Earth, Yeah, has he, or is he physically more gifted than a normal person? And you find out at the end that he's just as fragile. Yeah, He had these flying, super strong lizard creatures yeah. under his thumb. So I kind of just pointed to how just, I know that maybe that human greed is just universal. Yeah. And that gave them even more powerful creatures they seem to have under their boot. Yeah. And it was all through that technology. And, yeah, I just found that pretty interesting Mm because I was expecting there to be kind of a show at some point that, hey, he's not just a normal person that got to rule whatever galaxy or whatever part of the universe. Yeah. But it turned out he was just as fragile as she was when they had a little dust up. <laughs> and the only so, power that he really has is, you know, his uh, so-called immortality. Yeah. yeah. And the, just the lineage or the royal blood or whatever. So mm. I found that pretty interesting because clearly they'd, you know, commandeered however many species we saw and they were all working for them. Yeah. 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 Cool. Now, the third act, the whole battle, we've just covered a little bit of the battle, but the whole battle that went on at the end between obviously going... And Matt, was it marriage? He was trying to marry. Yeah. That was and then the that younger was the, brother. Yeah, younger brother. Titus, and then Titus, yeah. he's gone and then they've gone and taken the family and they're threatening her to try and get her to give her rights to yeah, the oldest brother. Marry me and then I'll kill you and all everything that you are about to inherit will in fact be mine. Did you find it almost morbid that it was kind of like just a, gel- a jealous family squabbling yeah. over their <laughs> dead parents' house, but they're squabbling over billions of lives and planets and galaxies. Yeah, and a bunch of children. Yeah, like a world. bunch of spoiled kids that want to show up their siblings. Yeah. 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 And a lot of underlying meanings in this movie. Just There's a, a lot of underlying meanings. Like- on top of the consumerist point of view and just the fact that despite having everything that humanity would still be petty at the end, and I think that yeah, was definitely implied on mm-hmm. purpose, well, yeah. I'm not sure, was it... Kalik, the sister that said, when you have everything, the only thing that matters is time. Yeah. Or something similar to that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so I guess 
they were kind of just desperate. And they weren't just going for it themselves. That was their source of profit, as Balem called it at the end, which he said in a pretty creepy way too. Mm, it's hard to yeah. describe his voice. I found that pretty uncomfortable. Oh, it was kind of a bit raspy, but at the same time... Did it seem like it was almost... You kind of had to lean in. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you saying? But his mouth was like... This is, this is, like, his lip movement was very, very, like, minimal. Yeah. I felt... I, the guy who's the actor, I can't remember his name right now... Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of his. I know he just won an Academy Award. Eddie Redmayne? That's the one. Just, is one that him? I've, I've written that down. Yeah. Right so yeah. he was in um, The Theory of Everything. Wow. He was in um, Late Mears as well. Okay. There you go. Just don't dig him as an actor. And just, it, that was probably my one grinding feature about the film was that I didn't like his portrayal of... Like, he was creepy and all that, but I just didn't enjoy that character at all. And I was looking forward to when he got killed off screen. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was a pretty good character. I liked. Uh, I guess compared to um, Tatum and Kunis when um, when he was on the screen being you know, <laughs> Tatum and Kunis. <laughs> yeah. What's their relationship name? <laughs> the Kunis. <yeah. laughs> I think whenever the whenever he was on the screen, the, the big bad. I thought that was one of the more interesting parts. Yeah, I think. I think it's because I had I didn't recognize him from anything else and hadn't seen any of his other acting work. But knowing, they haven't seen know, anything else. Not well now. Now that I've. Now that I know who he is, I can't pick him from any other movie. Lego, well, he's in the Lego movie. Oh, really? Who's your voice in that one? Does Superman's voice in Lego movie. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, you haven't seen 21 Jump Street. Who was he in that? Uh, he was the second character, in tw- the second undercover detective in 21 Jump Street. I'm talking about Eddie Redmayne. Oh, I thought you were talking <laughs> about Channing Tatum. I'm talking Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Oh. Chan Chan, as my friend Rudy calls him. Chan Chan. Chan Chan, Chan, Chan. <laughs> But yeah, Redman. I thought he was he was cool when he was on screen, being all evil and yeah. I think like the way the way that he spoke and acted was just reminiscent of uh, someone who had been alive for so long that it, it, like you would I would expect everything just to slow down and and just kind of stop moving. Like time would be a totally different concept for a character who's been alive for thousands and thousands of years. That's why he didn't move much or or speak with any passion or anything because everything's just old and just useless yeah. to him. I don't know, it's just a... Open your mouth! It could literally be that in their lifespan, he's just a broody teenager. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't know, like, where exactly he is because he, if he's 10 or 15,000 years old, his mum's 90,000. Yeah. Listen to The Cure and enjoy. <laughs> oh, I'm so depressed, man. Yeah. I'm so depressed. Hold your mouth. Did you um, find the, the final battle? Just to describe the scene, I guess, for the listener, it was kind of a pretty, it was like a large industrial factory sort of vibe. So the classic end of an action movie with lots of potential things to get burnt on and get stabbed with. And lots of yeah, Things to collapse. Yeah. It wasn't, thought it wasn't very suspenseful at all. It wasn't so. suspenseful, but it wasn't your typical sci-fi film where they ended in space. It was ended in on a and planet. Kind of thing. And it, yeah, it yeah. Was, was it yeah. in Jupiter? Was it in a... Yeah, it was, in, it was on the planet's the surface. Spot, and sure. it was uh, through the cloud. Or through the cloud. It was through the storm because obviously the, the storm, the big spot protection on across yeah. them, and that's when it's destroyed and the storm actually makes it in. Yeah. On a side um, note, I thought that was kind of cool. Like They were explaining the, the red spot on Jupiter. <laughs> As basically a mining operation, like that's why it was there. Or yep. Maybe that's it was there, and they've gone to harvest whatever gases or anything minerals that yeah. were there. But yeah, I thought it was a, a cool location. 
But one thing I did like about it was their tattooing, their form of tattooing someone or branding them. Was it like the, the, yeah. Little, the yeah, the marks in them and they had like oh, the, Melina's yeah, like the, uh, character like the 3D thing. kind of yeah, holiday yeah, tattoos. Yeah, that was mad. That looked pretty cool. I really liked that. I'd get tattoos like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd start doing that. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, the third act was a little bit lackluster. It wasn't horrible. Like, yeah. it still, there were scenes that were really cool, but it wasn't a big spectacle that you'd expect. It wasn't a Matrix yeah. um, revolution spectacle yeah. that you'd expect, but, yeah. It was essentially they fought, stuff exploded, and then they flew away. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I've seen it all before. Yeah. One yeah. thing to me that the movie lacked was a series of the protagonist characters getting their butts kicked right up until the end. Because they seem to literally every there was a lot of small altercations and small battles. They seem to just get all through like through those with pretty much without too much bad stuff happening. There was never really any fear that they wouldn't make it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you were just waiting for them to get to the end because yeah. it didn't seem like anyone was going to stop them before. I that. really felt like that in the chase scene um, earlier on in the movie where the, there's these little ships that are, are chasing. Was that um, the one on Earth? On Earth, yeah. In Chicago, yeah. So they're flying through the buildings and stuff's exploding. The, the shaky cam, way that they did that, and it went on for so long. I think I got a bit snoozy during that. I got, yeah. I got very snoozy. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "All yeah. right, we know you're gonna, we know you're chasing, we know you're gonna win. Just hurry up and get away." The thing okay. is, we've seen that battle in Chicago, yeah, you now multiple times, twice with Transformers. I'm sure there's been other movies, Marvel, yeah, um, Transformers, even. Transformers again, <laughs> Transformers again. <laughs> They're already making the next Transformers. They're gonna do it in Chicago again, um, but. Even the space battle where he's going to stop the wedding, yep. there's that scene where they're flying around trying to avoid the the bombs. Mm-hmm. Or they're destro- what were they again? The- like the big bolt sort yeah. of things, weren't they? Oh, I can't remember what they called them, but it was like basically even a series was- of pylons that were shooting themselves yeah. and stuff. It was hard to describe, yeah. But it, was it was almost was- like a modern, a super futuristic version of a rail gun. I don't know if you remember yeah. that rail gun thing. That- yeah. Yeah, from that's that's actually one of the Transformers movies. Yes, probably the only decent thing in it. So, <laughs> Zing. just a just a jump franchises. That was a cool game. And Michael Bay is crying. <laughs> Big pile of money. Yeah, but wiping his tears with hundreds. Yeah, as um, the battles were very um, they were they were long and they were very strenuous. Yeah. And I think that they could have been shortened down. That wedding one where they're outside battling all those bolts, we'll call them. Yeah. It, it, that, that for me went for way too long. Yeah. Way too long. I was like, this is, feels like we're getting to the final act and we're only yeah. really halfway in the movie. And then the final act, that last battle was like, oh, here we go again. They're fighting again. Yeah. This could have been a lot of less fighting, more explaining the, the mystical <laughs> world that we're in. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's a movie that probably could have benefited from a few flashbacks. Cause Definitely. Because we hear that Tatum, Chan Chan's character, <laughs> right, his name was Kane Wise or Weiss? Yes. Kane Wise. I'll just Mister, they called him Mr. Mr., yeah. Mr. And that was like... It's quite formal. Yeah, so we're, we're keeping... We're, yeah. we're going to destroy people, but we're still going to start um, stand with room format. He had a history of, at some point in his past, of killing yep. an entitled member of society. Yeah. I think he was part got, of the, the Aegis, like the, the big police force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that got referenced, what, half a dozen times in different ways. Yeah. And we yeah. didn't actually see... 
because there was a point where I thought that he was about to let out some animal emotion and she said something to him like, oh, how do you feel now? Do you want to attack me? And he didn't look like he was really struggling with that at all. I thought that would have made a good chance for him to show something as a character. let loose. Yeah, just looked like he was trying to hold something back. Either that or a flashback. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of flashbacks. I guess that comes from my Highlander love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I just, yeah, it's a lot. Of, when you when we go through it, you feel as though yeah, there's a lot to uh, cover that was wrong with the film. Maybe yeah. not wrong. Maybe just just they need two more films, or they just need a, maybe a much longer film at some point. I mean, yeah. the quality of the film isn't good enough to have more films. Yeah, because I was it was like they did two more films for Matrix and it didn't work out for them. No. And if they brought out another Jupiter Ascending, I probably wouldn't go and watch it. No. It's I, disappointing because these these guys are they're good at writing. They're yeah. really good at writing. And did they create the universe, or is this a literary universe that they've just adapted? Where does it come from? Because it seemed to me like it was something that well, it is massive. It's yeah, yeah it it's obscure and they're obscure. But it had multiple layers of history from you know millions of years back till it was current. written. No, this is this is totally them. Um, yeah, Lana and Andy both wrote this film. But did it feel to you guys like they thought they might have been making more movies than one? Yeah. Or was that just... Because I'm not really... A, I'm, not, I'm not nowhere near as much of a... I'm this craft of story and film. That's not my thing. Yeah. I just watch it and see how it makes me feel. Yeah. And I just felt like, yeah. There's some things I probably could have just, like, Kalik the sister. Like, her character, basically, she seemed like she was the one that, as much as she was competing with her brothers, her younger older brother, she seemed like she missed her mum. Yeah, I don't think there's any plans to make any more because they've yeah. both signed on contracts to do three more Matrix films. Interesting. Say what? Yeah. Right. Warner have signed them on for three more Matrix films. Three more? Let's or- not try and build Hollywood upon originality. Let's just start milking everything else. That's what they do. Yeah. Um. Th- this is the... Well, they just had a shot at originality and yeah, this is, made this half is, of a good movie. This yeah. is the problem. Hollywood, and I read it in Variety, I read it on a lot of forums and websites, you know, this is the move that was supposed to help Hollywood um, off its limp of superheroes and comic books and yeah. book stories. It was so, supposed to build it upon... Like being, a self-seated movie. Yeah, to help, you know, get people back into the risk of taking a film like Blade Runner, like Star Wars... The films that made Hollywood what it is today, yeah. and build that again, and start building upon making films that are really entertaining, but they're original ideas. I'm a super. I'm, I love superhero comics, and I love superhero movies, and I love comic book films. But I do love original movies. Yeah, and I think that Hollywood needs to now start moving towards making films that are more original than just being the same stuff we see year in, year out. I think it was certainly an original movie, but it just had such a repetitive, or not a repetitive, but such a stereotypical plot. Yeah. Like, yeah, just... I'll, I'll take Variety, for example. Variety of the ones that I, I looked at most when I, this movie came out, they said this will make or break Hollywood when it comes to original ideas. If this is a failure... How much was the movie? Like, money was? Money was to make the film. To at least, yeah. Oh, well, I, I guarantee it would have been filmed mostly behind a green screen. Yeah. Easily, except for obviously Chicago. But the budget to make was um, $176 million. Yeah. And so far the box office has only taken $116.5 million. And it's amazing to think that a movie can make $100 million or $200 million and still be considered a flop. Mm-hmm. Like if it, It'll need to blow its budget out of the water to be considered anything <laughs> The thing good. that shocks me really about that figure is 
when you start to get into the quarter of a billion dollar range, why not spend maybe some more money on those top line actors, even if you're putting a lot more into salary for the actors, yeah. bump it up to a quarter of a billion dollars, which a lot of other movies are now, yeah. and actually have someone that can bring people through the doors. I think that they were, it was the sort of movie where it felt like they were trying to pitch Mila Kunis into a different genre and Channing Tatum as, hey, he is the new guy. The new action it, hero. It didn't really feel like that, though. Yeah, it didn't. But see, and the thing is that I'm not a huge Channing Tatum fan. I'm a zero fan. So. <laughs> but, oh, he's going to be Gamble, which will be the interesting thing. But he's also going to be in The Hateful Eight, which is Quentin Tarantino's next film. So there's no specifics on what he's going to be in that, but he's going to be in it. So obviously Tarantino, he's good at what he does. He picks good actors. There's a reason why he's picked it, and he's probably seen something that not everyone else has seen. So I'm not going to take away from the guy. I actually liked him in this role. It just wasn't probably a really great role to be in for his... I think to... The main thing I took away from the film was like there were so many great little things in it, but it just didn't work together. Mm. It's yeah. yeah, it's disappointing though because obviously you know everyone's saying this is, this is a film, this is a film that's going to do it like it needs to be done now because yeah. everyone's talking how Hollywood's broken. Yeah, it's just a rinse and recycle system now they've got going. Everything's getting rebooted. Well, why wouldn't you when they're making so many millions of dollars just turning out the same ideas? Yeah. There's only so long that can last, though, before yeah. it stops. And I just wonder yeah. what, what it's going to take for them to realise that original ideas are out there. There are people who aren't Spielberg and aren't Lucas and aren't uh, Wachowski um, siblings that aren't that, that they can actually go out and write a story and they need to be picked up and um, nurtured mm. so that we can have the next generation of these film it is. it is concerning, but... There is the other side of that. That I mean, I only kind of have a passive interest in what any critic says. I just watch something and decide if I like it myself. But yeah. they're the same people that say that Hollywood's broken. Mm. That also kind of... There's studios out there that are new, yep. that are released what is seen as big-budget movies considering they don't have, like, legendary... They don't have, I mean, they're probably backed by a bigger company, I would assume. Yeah, well, but yeah. They're not, they're not just going to drop a quarter of a billion dollars on something that's going to miss. Yet mm. those same critics will just come out and just can any movie from a certain studio, regardless what it is, because yeah. maybe it doesn't fit their little idea of what a movie should be. Yeah. But they're the same people saying Hollywood's broken. Are the same people that are canning all of the studios that are having a crack at new original ideas. Yeah. I mean, that's just within the action genre, because that's the one I watch, but I just find that. Perfect. It doesn't seem like it's a genre that's ever going to get positive press. Oh, never. So, of course, it's broken when you don't have the style of movies they make. And there's always people that are going to say something's crap just for the sake of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they want to entice the reader and stuff. Just not to go completely off tangent, did you see what James Gunn said about the Oscar process? Yes. I think he said anything that's slightly popularist is automatically basically... Canned. Canned by anyone who votes on an Academy Award, regardless of if it is a brilliant film Because it's a bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah. There are a bunch of dinosaurs who are still um, holding on to the, the hopes of Ben-Hur films. And this is not... I love Ben-Hur's film, but they're still, you know, grasping onto those kind of films that they sh- that's the prestige that they should have and that's the way it's going to be. But the biggest like- snub for the year was Lego film. And I think that deserved um, praise for what it did. Yeah. But it didn't get it. It got snubbed all the way through, but yet everyone else in the award system, everywhere else around the world... Giving it awards for the things that it's did. Yeah, this is a company that they bust 
10 years ago, 15 years ago now. Yeah. And look what they've done there. They've been able to turn a movie out and make huge amounts of budget off it. So, yeah. <sighs> Man, that's probably a different conversation for a different day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you go on. Very, uh, very uh, angry about Hollywood sometimes, and especially the Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, Production-wise, we're just talking about, obviously, the, uh, the green screen. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of effort put into the graphics, CGI especially. It was impressive. It was impressive for what they did. I thought everything ship-wise, and I guess more less so technology, but it just looked incredible. I liked the consistency. The all of the the massive spacecraft had the like an, an air of royalty around it, like it was all this useless, I guess, decoration that didn't, I guess, functionally didn't need to be there. Yeah. But when you've been around so long, you just want to make stuff look pretty, I guess. And it looked really cool. Like, it looked like massive floating cathedrals. and Yeah. It looked really but cool. But that was the fun about it, that looking and watching it, and I would have loved to see this in IMAX. I think this would have been a really good film to see in IMAX. But there was the people, obviously the family who were rich, and they had all their ships were big, polished mm-hmm. vehicles. But then you've got the the military or the police as we call it who have got really run down dirty looking vehicles so space is dirty but you've got the rich who are powerful they're clean but then you've got earth it's it's pretty and it's it's clean it shines like Chicago is I'm guessing it's a really nice one of the nicest cities in America it's uh, it looked beautiful rather than looking and they made earth look really nice yeah. And they even explained, they said, oh, it's a beautiful place, you know, they've got rainforests and all that kind well, of stuff. They did talk a lot about how much it was worth. Did they say, I don't know if it was Liam or Kalik, but I think one of them said to Titus, the youngest brother, that yep. that one that planet is worth more than your entire yeah. inheritance. Yeah. Like everything you own is not as valuable as that one planet. Yep. Which so, I guess, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what, in my mind, triggered the story that maybe at some point they were all going to turn up there and square off with each other. Yeah. Because I thought that was the sideline story is... The family's going to square off here at some point over this little planet. Yeah, it's going to get Earth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, it was a. Uh, they put a lot of effort and money, obviously, into creating these worlds, planets, mm. um, universe. It was very well done. Yeah. And it's a credit to them. That was one of the big aspects that I really enjoyed about the movie. Yeah. Um, with that, there was a lot of trouble getting this film released. Really? Yeah. Well, obviously, the last oh, year the, was supposed the, to release. Yeah. The pushbacks, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, last year, I was at Supernova in Sydney, and they were doing a lot of PR for it there. So, they had flyers for it. Uh, Warner Brothers had a presence there. Yep. They were... Um, all the bags, any bags you got, they all Jupiter Ascending. It was all Jupiter Ascending on it. So, there was a lot of PR behind it. This was before it actually got pushed back to this year's release date. Okay. So, for them to do that... There's obviously issues with the Warner Brothers having their concerns about the film, sending it back that far. Yeah. It kind of makes me think that maybe the Wachowskis didn't have as much control as they wanted. I just feel like, especially with those setbacks, that maybe the, I guess, the the production company or the producers or whatever had a say in something that got cut, maybe, or how maybe the story got changed. Who knows? Well... The thing about it was that they were going to release it in 3D. Now, we didn't get that option of 3D. Did we? I no. did ask when I was buying the tickets. I was like, is this out in 3D or is it just 2D? She's like, yeah, it's just 2D. Yeah. So, you've got to, you've got to ask that question. Like, is there a fear that there was going to 
not be as successful as they originally thought. Yeah. yeah. And then it turned around to being that it could have hurt the film in the long run because of uh, pushing it back, which yeah, I exactly. think it has. I think it's hurt the film in the box office because people are like, oh, you know, it doesn't seem like a good film if they're pushing it back and not giving us a reason why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Man of Steel 2012 got pushed back to 2013. Yep. So, because they wanted to go back in 3D, 3D, and there's a lot of films these days that have that effect done. They push it back six months just to put a 3D effect into it. Yeah. But this one, there was nothing. It was just, we're pushing it back, so we've got to, we want to change a couple of things in it, which, to me, it didn't sound good they were doing that. I think with the cast, obviously there's some emerging actors, and Mila Kunis is probably just well enough known to carry a film and mm-hmm. Tatum even though I don't respect him at all as an, I haven't seen anything good he's done he seems to have enough pull to at least get people to look at a poster Everyone I think that probably I was think a he's a pretty there. popular pretty boy I, guess, I think it, needs, it would have needed perfect timing yeah. for yeah. it to work just to me because it didn't which possibly could have been last year <laughs> when it was supposed to come out at yeah. least time unfortunately yeah, that didn't happen so yeah, that would you know production wise and release, it does have an effect on a film. Yeah, for sure. And we're seeing it firsthand here. We've already talked about the uh, the box office. Yeah, it's had most of its releases. Yeah, it's been released everywhere. So for its box office, it's not doing well. Yeah, I certainly don't think it's going to be as big as uh, you know the higher ups wanted it to be. Mm. Do you think maybe that? we might be starting to suffer from epic action movie hangover a little bit. And if there's no ingrained audience there, maybe people are like, well, Guardians was last year, Avengers the year before, Superman was the year before. Now this year we've got Age of Ultron would have had a lot of their hype machine starting at the same time. And yeah, watching yeah. that trailer is... Yeah, I think that's uh, it's the... Uh Problem. Like, is that, I don't even know if that's a thing, if you guys know obviously more about probably that stuff than I do. Is Yeah. I can certainly, f- like, when you were saying that, I kind of feel like, yeah, you might be right. Like, uh, I certainly enjoyed, uh, I guess, a film like uh, Interstellar a hell of a lot more than a you know, full-on action ride. Um, just more of a, I guess, a space opera than just, uh, you know, explosion, explosion, yeah. explosion. Have yeah. we died there? Yeah. Interesting. Why has it done that? What that? Sorry, is that, that wasn't me plugging that. Sorry, this is down to 4%. So yeah, no, that's all right. Your computer's These off over there. I've, you might need to hit the... I oh, know, that's still on. So. That's still charging. It's still on, it's still charging. They're not jumping. That wasn't jumping for a while. I thought it was just going through audacity. It was. For a little bit. No, Are you getting any level on the computer then? Yeah, I'm getting level. Okay, no worries. It's right. probably just bypassing that main mix and coming straight out here. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It's how long do you know guys normally go for? Do you just keep usually, talking? I'll usually go for 40, 45. Yeah. Cool. So we'll wrap it up now. I think that's, yeah, that's cool. You give a rating, don't you? Yeah, we just do it out of random, random shit. Whatever comes to mind. I was doing it for reels and then everyone started making fun of it, so it's just like, whatever okay. comes to mind. Out of five, out of ten, or whatever? <laughs> oh, we used to go five. Okay. Can't mention that. I mean, you've been on three of them. Oh, just check it, just check it. 
I think we can talk about the music, so that's right. Just say this and we'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. When are you going to work, man? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, should be pretty sweet. <sighs> Can't wait to get the fucking internet. Does sound good. Like, those things do take, because normally if you got the door shut, it'll be really like, woo, 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 woo. Claire's the size room in Bath. Yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, make as minimal noise you possibly can. But yeah, I've, I have got more on the way. I've got to restick that one because double sided tape come off that. Yeah. Um, two more for there, so I think I've got six on the way. They're 20 bucks off eBay. Nice. No, I, so yeah. like, oh, I, I went in. I need to get heaps of them, yeah. Yeah. I did have them. Um, so what did you just put like a 3M thing on there? Yeah, just, I got the, like, the durable stuff from Bunnings. Like it's. You touch it, does, it, it you touch it, you know, like your skin's pulling away. It doesn't ruin the paint, though. Oh, I'm not worried if it ruins the paint. Okay, yeah. Probably for, if you've got rinsing on your... Yeah, yeah. Well, it would probably be easier, but... Yeah, Because yeah. um, I've been thinking of either panels or just heaps of those. Well, what I think Reese, Reese is at his house in his recording room. He's got it on... Um, he's put it on foam and then, like, a, a white foam, and he's got it, like, hanging like a picture. Okay, so he's got it on a string. He just hangs it there. So that's yeah, what I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, yeah, like those decorative panels that make them yeah. sound absorbent ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got six in the way, so two more there, two more there. I'm planning a corner one just up there. Just try and minimise the sound as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Just so there's no echo. There's no. no... That's always going to be a battle with condenser mics. Yeah. But you get a nice, rich sound. The good thing about having condenser mics is you don't actually need to have any mic technique to use them. Yeah. Because you can be this far away. And it's still... Yeah, whereas with a radio mic, you kind of have to work it a certain way. Yeah. I have trouble with my guests sometimes because they're not used to oh, working right. a proper broadcast yeah. mic. Because I'll talk up on it at the start, and as they relax, they don't pull the mic towards them. I find yeah. that's what I do as well, so I'm trying to no, keep it. So yeah. Yeah, I used, to, I used to have that trouble. Yeah. The guy I used to work with kept going... Good point to me, Graham. But they're good mics. Like, I'm, yeah. yeah. Reese and Lucas both got me on to them. Yeah. Told me I should get these ones. These are the ones they're using. They yeah. tend to work. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, it's yeah. good to have a room just for it. Mm. So. The man cave. Yeah. So, how long is that? Are you just saving that? I'm just saving It's just taking a while to yeah. save. I'm going to have to clean the hell out of this tonight. <laughs> so I've had to get a hard drive just to pull the podcast stuff on. Mm. And start yeah. to build up. Yeah. Put up files of files and then I files of other stuff. I'm starting to get like, I want Trusty Crowbar to do advertisements. And if you want, you can do a drop for your podcast and okay. I'll, I'll slide it in at the start. Cool. I'm going to start sliding in like promotions nice. for other things. Yeah. So you, what you thought, have you, what do you think of that idea? I mean, yeah, I, definitely. I've been yeah. thinking about that idea a lot. So. Well, well, obviously, what would you do as a sense of structure? Would you do it every week or would you do it every month? Well, no, I think... Monthly be, or... I was thinking that it would come out weekly, but we would probably record 
twice a month. Yeah. Just yeah. do it even once. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, definitely. I just, yeah. I just think, I mean, it's a show I've never heard, but it's one of the more interesting, because I interviewed, like, I'm a massive Terminator fan, and I was probably the only person in Australia that was obsessed with the TV show, I think, but it had one of the most frustrating endings of any TV show ever. I have to finish watching. Yeah, the last season, like it ends on the last part of that season is the strongest part of the whole show, but it just ends on the most frustrating ending. Does it end? It ends on what could be the start of a season. <laughs> Another season. Well, it's always frustrating. Yeah, but then Fox gave all the money to Dollhouse season two. And I'm a Joss Whedon fan, but that show sucked complete dick. Dollhouse. Yeah, Dollhouse, really? Dollhouse got the money and Terminator got because it was Terminator was five million an episode. And Dollhouse was less than a million, so. So I, enjoyed, Fox, I enjoyed the first Fox season of Dollhouse, but the second yeah, just first season was good, yeah. Fox's TV production's a bloody joke. Yeah, but I, I spoke like... to a chick that did the full fan campaign. Like, they were lobbying all these people for ages, and they had, like, friends that were in venture capital and all this stuff that were going to buy the rights to the movie, but they were owned by all these venture fund firms that wouldn't sell the rights to the franchise. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, after years and years of lobbying to get the show back on, and all the actors saying that they... Like, Brian Austin Green said he would pay for the entire movie. I saw a panel with um, Joe Flanagan from Stargate Atlantis who said that he was in talks with... Um, 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 uh, the one that went bankrupt, bankrupt with the MGM. MGM, um, He was in talks with the higher-ups there during... Just before the bankruptcy hit that he was going to buy yeah. or at least lease the, the intellectual property for Stargate and yeah. then do a season six of Stargate Atlantis. Wow. Yeah, my brother would have died if that happened. I, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, just basically I'm planning a whole show about shows that are on the bubble and talking not about the show but about the fan campaigns that yeah. tried to keep the show going. Oh, yeah, definitely interested in it. Because I spoke to this girl, Renee, who was really into the Terminator one. I mean, they were getting... But they had, like, Tom Decker and Summer Glow and Brian Austin Green giving full press related to just trying to keep the show going. Yeah. So they managed to get a pretty big groundswell amongst the actual actors on the show. But So, final view on it, guys. What did you think, Josh? I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah. But I walked out now in retrospect kind of unhappy because mm-hmm. it was a story I thought could have been really, really epic and the movie didn't really do much for me in the end. I thought it was kind of underdone. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm giving it. Three harvested humans out of five. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we get a laugh out of it, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, we're just pulling it out of nowhere. That's good. <laughs> um, I uh, over, overall, um, I probably, I think I like I like the universe that they presented. I could really enjoy that, but the movie I didn't like. Like I didn't like the I didn't like the main plot. But I really enjoyed the universe, yeah. if that makes sense. And um, I'll probably give it a two and a half out of five Wolfmen. <laughs> half Wolfmen. I'm sure that if there's any female listeners, I'll probably take two and a half parts of Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. Hey, Chan Chan. Yeah, Chan Chan. I had like, someone just playing Channing Tatum, and it's kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. I, Unfortunately, I went to this film because of the negative criticism that it just cops left, right, and centre from the word go. It just, yeah. 
it wasn't as great as I was going. I thought I was going to be. I couldn't switch off, which I love doing in a film, just switching off and just watching a film, just for being what fully was, immersed. Which is something I could have done. I did with Godzilla, and Godzilla wasn't a great film. But this film, I just in the back of my mind was just like, this is a bad movie. This is a really bad movie, and it just felt that that played on me the whole time. Um, that's not taking away from the Wachowski siblings or the actors, all great actors. Good to see, oh, good to see Sean B not dying in the first half of the movie. Well, yeah. that was actually a part of the advertising for the film, wasn't it? Sean Bean. I might have heard that on the Notice he podcast. Yeah. That he had, it was his character. I don't, maybe it was a different movie, but it was his character. And all it said, didn't even say the name of the movie. All it says was, Sean doesn't die. Or don't kill Sean. <laughs> no, don't kill Boromir. Or whatever it was. Yeah, it, looks- it was a big, it was a massive hashtag on the internet of people that were just sick of standing die all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Bean is just known for that now. It's like, any movie you see Sean Bean, he's going to die. He's, first, even done, act. he's even done a short, like a little short video on the internet where he's, I think he's playing a role in, in 24 or something. It's all fictional. And um, he's about to act and he's talking about how, oh, this is, this is a really great part. And uh, he's reading the script and he's like, so when do I die? And the director's like, ah, oh, no, no, that, that's, that's not in the script. That's not here. And so they, they, they action and he plays the scene and he, he throws in a death scene, a death scene and he dies. And the, and the director's like, cut. Look, Sean, Sean, you, um, you, you don't die. Yeah. I've got to watch this. <laughs> He's like, oh, right. No, not, not at all. No. Okay, all right. And then you just can't get it. He just keeps dying in his scenes. <laughs> he doesn't know how to oh, not die. Yeah. That sounds way better than Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel sorry for this film now. All we've done is pretty much canned it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it fell short at the end of the day. It had, its, it had its good moments. It had bad moments. Speaking of bad moments, those gravity boots sucked balls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to finish up. I can Gravity boots suck balls. <laughs> uh, out of five, I give it one and a half Cooper Troopers. One piece. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. That's our review for Jupiter Ascending, guys. Nice. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on your show, guys. It was a pleasure having it's you awesome. here. We'll get you back. Definitely get you back. Had fun. Um, it was good. But, yeah, this is our review. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thank you. Josh, appreciate it. Thanks, man. It's been fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you again next week. See you later. Awesome. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, this is Kieran from The Halftime Effect. Do you like comics? Then be sure to check out our other podcasts where we review, interview, and check out all the latest news in the comic book realm. You can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and all social media websites under The Halftone Effect. Be sure to check it out, guys.